Hi, I'm Louisa Burwood-Taylor, and this is AgFunder, a podcast about the entrepreneurs revolutionizing the food and agriculture industry and the investors behind them. Today, I am speaking to Jorge Herod, who's the co-founder and CEO of Blue River Technology, a Silicon Valley startup bringing robotics to the farm. Jorge is one of AgTech's first entrepreneurs, so it's always fantastic to speak to him about the industry. But the main reason we're speaking today is because Blue River was recently acquired by John Deere, the world's largest tractor company, for $305 million. This was extremely exciting news for the ag tech industry, as exits have been relatively few and far between. Blue River was founded in 2011 and has some incredible investors behind it, including Coastal Ventures and Innovation Endeavors, which is the VC fund of Eric Schmidt, Google's chairman, as well as ag industry giants Monsanto and Syngenta. The company raised just over $30 million since founding. So in this podcast, we talk a bit about the technology, but basically uh, Blue River's main technology is a see and spray robot, which is a tractor attachment that uses computer vision and machine learning to identify weeds amongst rows of crops and then spray herbicide directly onto them. Blue River says that it can reduce agrochemical use by 10 times, which, you can, as you can imagine, is fairly significant to the bottom lines of farmers, but also for sustainability metrics. It was really great to speak to Jorge about his background and how the company got to where it is today. And hopefully he threw up some useful nuggets of information for other entrepreneurs in the space, hoping that they too one day will be acquired. So I really hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Jorge. Thanks so much for joining. Hi, how are you? It's great to speak to you today. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me. So, yeah, as I was just introducing, being acquired by a leading company in the industry in which you work is is the dream that most entrepreneurs have. So how does it feel? <laughs> yeah, it feels really good. Um, um, as you said, it's, uh, it, John Deere uh, acquired Blue River just uh, a week and a half ago is when we, we closed the transaction. And uh, very happy they've been there, as you said, uh, they're a leading company, very, very good reputation. They're acquiring us to uh, to accelerate us, they're, we're going to stay where where we are in Silicon Valley, stay innovative. They're they're treating all our employees very nicely, and 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 again, they're acquiring us to accelerate us. That's that's not not always what happens in acquisitions. Uh, this is exactly what what we wanted to happen. Fantastic. Well, yeah, let's rewind a little bit and talk a bit about um, you know your background and and how and when Blue River Tech started. So you worked at Trimble. For, for a number of years, and, and you're an engineer by background. How did you come to the idea of, of setting up Blue River, and you know what was your initial mission? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so yes, I'm an engineer by training. I'm master's from, in electrical engineering and engineering management from Stanford. Uh, worked at Trimble for about 15 years, uh, for the most part in precision agriculture. I was the head of engineering um, for the agriculture group, then then I was the head of business development, working in acquisitions. Um, then uh, we we were successful at acquiring four companies, so so uh, that were in the precision agriculture space. So I ended up managing that uh, as the business unit uh, head of a business unit, a precision agriculture business unit. So so I after about 15 years at, at Trimble, I had a really good appreciation about about precision agriculture. 
And uh, what I remember is that I wanting to, I had migrated from, from engineering to, to business side, and I had decided that, that uh, to take a year to go to business school to do an MBA. So I went back to Stanford, and during that time is that, that I thought really long and hard about what I wanted to do next and uh, decided that some of the entrepreneurs uh, whose companies I had acquired were having way too much fun and that that's what I wanted to do next. Right. Well, yeah. How was, how was that transition from, from, you know, a large, big corporation and obviously did your MBA, but then, but then becoming, you know, a Silicon Valley entrepreneur? That must have been quite a change for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the personal side, it was, uh, it was, uh, it, there, there are many differences, many, many differences. Some on the personal side, some on the, on the how you run a company. Uh, how, yeah, it's, uh, especially when it's, it was uh, me and my co founder, Lee Redden, who was also at that time studying at Stanford. He was doing his PhD on, on robotics and machine learning. So, so it, it, there's a realization that, uh, hey, when you're alone, all the decisions, uh, all the, good and important decisions and all the, I don't know, uh, silly and small decisions fall, fall uh, on, uh, on you as an entrepreneur, right? And, um, and uh, it, it was um, everything from, uh, gee, where, where do we rent and what type of space we want and how much can we afford and what salaries we pay each other, uh, all fall, all fall on, on me. It's a lot of responsibility, but it, it's a lot of fun too. And, um, and another big, uh, another big change is, is, is financially, right? I, I was a, an executive at, a, at, at Trimble Navigation, had a good salary, good options, uh, and, um, and, uh, and well compensated. Uh, I started Blue River, and, and uh, I started with no salary. And we didn't have any money, so, uh, so uh, it, was, it was no salary. But, but even more than that, it, uh, I had been, uh, as I was saying, studying uh, my MBA for for a year and uh, so it meant that I had been not receiving salary for a year and not only that but Trimble had uh, given me some some money uh, to pay for school so uh, since I was not coming back to Trimble I had to pay all that back so I was starting in the hole um, and uh, and that was a pretty something that was uh, hit, hit me pretty hard right yeah there. I can imagine. And I remember when it probably when it hit me the hardest is when um when I was telling my 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 awesome plan to my wife, and my wife was uh, <laughs> pregnant with my uh, with my daughter, right? Ooh. And uh, I remember having that conversation, and she was, she just said, "Can you say that a little bit slower?" And <laughs> again, for me, you're planning on doing what? Wow, wow! <laughs> she must be very very supportive. <laughs> yeah, she she was incredibly supportive, but it was it, it was a, a I don't know a financial financially risky uh, situation, but it was uh, for sure very not on, and I knew it was going to be a rewarding path, almost almost independent of what ended up happening. I was of course looking for a good good uh, good uh, successful outcome, but but very cognizant that uh, that a lot of startups uh, unfortunately don't uh, don't make it all the way. So. But I, but I knew it was going to be a, a lot of fun. And I had talked with a lot of, uh, of uh, entrepreneurs, uh, both, uh, both that had successful exits and ones that didn't. And, uh, and the common thing is they all learned a lot and had a lot of fun doing it and were very proud of what they had done. And, and I was looking forward to that. Yeah. And, and I think with, with ag tech, there's always um, usually you know, a fantastic mission that founders will have 
when they're launching their startups. And I know that in the past when we've talked, you've talked about, you know, sustainability and environmental awareness. You know, was that always your mission from the beginning? What, what kind of really drove you in the beginning with founding the company? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, so at the beginning, we we had identified um, uh, while while we were at school, we had started thinking about what the company, um, what areas we should focus on, and and we went through this exercise of talking with lots of farmers. Uh, my co-founder is also a, a farmer. Uh, his his family is he comes from a farming family in in Nebraska. So we we did a big project as a, actually as part of a class to talk with different uh, different farmers, understand their problems and what what we could solve. And we had decided pretty early on that that weeding was an area that that we want to focus on. And um, and one of the reasons was uh, was that, that made it very appealing was uh, was environmental impact we could have. Uh, our machines uh, today can in herbicides can reduce the amount of herbicides by a factor of 10 uh, and, and, and a factor of 10 is a lot right you can it's 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 about a billion pounds of herbicides that get applied uh in the US and we can and we can reduce that by a factor of 10 and and we had this and that was very very um, inspiring for us and when we latched on to that we really liked it but not only that there was a good good financial return and uh for for the farmers using using this technology and uh, and uh, it, 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 we we thought it moved agriculture in the right direction. So so with we we decided to to name the company Blue River just just exactly because of that because we could have an impact on the amount of herbicides and the amount of chemicals being used and and have a large impact and and one of the areas that were these excess chemicals. These are chemicals that are not needed, that uh, herbicides that instead of landing on a weed, which is what they're designed to kill, they end up in crops or in soil. So all these chemicals end up, end up ultimately on a river, end up in a waterway, end up uh, in a small waterway that ends up in a, in a bigger waterway that ends up in a river or ends up in a water table. So, so the impact that we felt was going to be most not, most noticeable is uh, is in, in, in rivers, and that's why we decided to call ourselves Blue River, signifying a good, clean river. So weeding was the plan from the beginning. I was, you know, I was interested to know how different the business looks today from from what you set it out to be. But it sounds like you kind of remained on target with that vision. Yes, for for the most part, uh, for so for sure the vision. Is the same as uh, that we have now. Is the same that uh, the, the vision we started. However, we did take a little bit of a of a meandering course. Um, we we started with this vision of uh, of uh, weeding, and uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, when when we started the company uh, in 2011, um, this was um, a lot of the techniques that are now uh, now exist didn't exist. For example, machine learning was in its infancy, this, this new technique called deep learning that everybody talks about and we use very highly uh, didn't even exist and hadn't been invented. Uh, uh, the computing power required for this was uh, these computers were was this big, big uh, desktop computers uh, and now everything all uh, everything runs in a, in a GPU. So there were GPUs didn't exist as a, as a something that could be put in an act machinery equipment. So we we decided actually pretty quickly that uh, that although we like uh, 
the area of, uh, of weeding. Uh, the technology wasn't quite there to, to, uh, to, to get us there. So we decided to start instead on a problem that was a precursor to, to weeding um, uh, in, in thinning. And we started on lettuce thinning, which is a simpler it, – it, uh, it's it's, thinning is really a type of weeding, but it's a simpler case where, where you're, you're just looking for spacing between plants. And that allows us to use technology that did exist but uh, still perfect our technology. And um, it was a little bit of a, a deviation, but it allows us to continue to, to, to move forward in the direction we wanted. And maybe two years ago, with deep learning, with uh, mobile processors, mobile GPUs, with uh, this better technology, better algorithms, uh, we were able to, uh, to say, okay, great. Now we've developed all these things. Let's put it into the problem we really want to solve, which is, which is this problem of weeding. So, uh, yeah, very happy we ended up exactly where we, where we had noticed that big opportunity was. But, uh, but the, the path was, uh, was an interesting meandering one. Right. So it sounds like you, I mean, you were very much at the forefront of, of what this technology could achieve. I mean, did you ever feel like maybe you were a bit too early when, you know, when you had to kind of meander <laughs> towards thinning because, you, you know, the technology just didn't exist for what you actually intended to do? Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's absolutely true. You, we, we, we've had that conversation uh, um, at least a couple times in our company, right? On, um, on, uh, are we too early, or are we are, are we in the right spot? And uh, and for sure, the first time we had it was when we were, where we were uh, starting uh, the company and, and decided to go after thinning. And I can tell you it, um, it. it, it Right now, I tell it as a I don't know a good good story and a good obvious decision to do. But uh, at that time, it was anything but obvious, and uh, it felt uh, I'll, I'll confess it felt a little bit like a defeat that we had to retreat to a, to a sim- simpler problem because the technology was not re- was not ready. And uh, gee, should we should we uh, should we admit defeat and completely change our change what we were going to do, or should we go after the simpler problem? Um, or, and and uh, and it was a hard it was a hard decision that uh, I'm glad we made it but it, it for sure felt a little bit of a defeat um, at that point uh, uh, but but uh, now now looking from with the benefit of uh, of hindsight it was uh, it was a perfect decision and and I'll tell you another another time is when we started doing thinning even then when when we had our, our fourth generation machines which were this very advanced machines that were that are the ones that we're still using in thinning, we came up with this uh, very complicated um, uh, machinery, and 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 one of the issues we had is that initially reliability was was a problem. We had uh, we were using these very fast processors that needed uh, that needed uh, uh, power dissipation. We were using a liquid liquid cold system. And that, uh, for example, the fans kept breaking, the uh, the sprayers kept uh, kept uh, short circuiting. We had a lot of problems, and uh, and again, we were thinking at some point. I remember talking about about uh, with our, my management team on, hey, is are we trying to take a step too too far? We we we, we the machines were were breaking, and uh, I remember talking it all even with the, the with the board and saying, hey guys, uh, you know what? The uh, timeline we had we had laid out is something we're not going to be able to meet it's uh this problem is harder than what we thought it uh, it, this and um and i remember in that case uh 
uh, it was one of our board members that, that had this phenomenal comment on, hey, no, that this is how it should feel. You, what what did you expect? You're trying to work on something that is complicated and, and revolutionary to the world, you, you, and you expected it to be easy too, uh, <laughs> right? It's um, right. all startups go through uh, through this realization that the that solving things is more complicated than they thought. So, so uh, continue. Uh, so I, I was actually uh, remembering that board meeting. Uh, I was a little bit nervous about what what it is that the board was going to say, but they were very supportive and and continued. But anyway, you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it, it was for sure. Uh, it was for sure. Um, uh, felt a bit early. Yeah, felt early. But you but you never felt that it was. You never felt that you know it was hopeless. Like that your startup was going to fail and you were going to close down. Yeah, well, yeah. Startups are, are fragile things, and um, and for sure, I, I don't know if I, I felt quite that the startup is going to fail or, or that we were going to fail, but it for sure, for sure felt on oh crap, did we make the wrong wrong decision? Um, right, it, it was yeah. a big, uh, it was a a big uh, a big call. Uh, I, I, for example, when I was talking with the board, I, w- I didn't know how the board was going to react. They were going to say. Uh, Okay, Jorge. Thank you very much. We will find a CEO that can do that job, or or something like that, right? Uh, but but they not they they just went and, and supported me and uh, and said, yeah, no, uh, just just continue, just continue that, down the path. Um, we 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 were lucky with uh, really good partners along the way. We um we we um we they they supported us uh, really well uh, on this path. I, I think that, that part of that comes from the side the opportunity that we're going after being exciting. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the board then and your partners and, and your investors. You know, as you know, we put out these um, biannual investment reports and, you know, the numbers seem to be pretty strong always at several billion dollars. But, you know, actually the amount of venture capital funding that's going to agri-food startups is still just a couple of percent of the global VC funding market, you know, compare, compared to how much food and agriculture represents of globe, global GDP. So, you know, ha, it's a challenging world out there for fund, raising funds. How, how did you find it? I mean, you have an incredible lineup of, of venture capital investors, but I'm, I'm presuming it wasn't easy. Yeah, it wasn't easy. It takes, uh, it takes time. But uh, yeah, I've been very lucky with, uh, with my investors. I, I, uh, I, I I I think that they were very very supportive and exactly the right ones. Right, uh, had uh, had some uh, maybe just to summarize them. We had some some early early investors, seed investors, um, uh, friends and family uh, type round. Then we had a, a grant from the NSF uh, that was really helpful, an SBIR grant. Then we had uh, Coastla Ventures. Uh, and Data Collective, they they are both uh, big big VCs thinking about uh, big important problems for the world. So they really 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 good uh, good uh, partners. And then in the last round, we got more into agriculture. So we got Pontifax AgTech um, that knows a lot about agriculture, and uh, and Syngenta and Monsanto, which are companies that are in agriculture, or at least they're, they're venture capital groups that invest in us. So really good, if you think about uh, the investors we had, some really good technologies, big thinkers, big bold uh, VCs complemented with uh, good good agricultural knowledge. And, and uh, it wasn't easy, um, uh, to your question. Uh, it was, 
especially in the first round, I remember Series A, we, I probably got uh, 25 no's or 30 no's before I got a, my first my first yes from Kosla. And that is, uh, it takes grit and a lot of, uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, hear about this, but, but living it is, uh, is very different from hearing it. And, uh, and uh, to any, any new entrepreneur out there, uh, I think that be prepared for, for, you'll need grit and persistence and, and you'll have to hear that your baby's ugly for 25 times before you get a, before you're, you get a, a good <laughs> yes. And, and I think that's typical. It's not that I was unlucky or, or whatnot, but I think it's unluck. It's typical that you get a, a lot of no's, and you just need to pick up yourself and learn from the meaning and learn from the questions, and just 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 uh, go there until you find uh, somebody that, that that funds you. And uh, and and I think what helps quite a bit is having is just understanding who you're talking with and why they would be able to understand. Like for example, when I'm what I was pitching to uh, Kosla, it was all about the impact we could have and how big this could get and, and some of the statistics you were saying, right, hey, this is such a big industry and, and we're using this technology versus, versus if, you, if you are talking with, uh, with a different VC, I would have used a very different uh, pitch or somebody that knows more about agriculture. It's much more about getting into the, to the details and the business model and why does this make sense and how does mm. it fit with the rest of mm. the ecosystem. Mm. And when it came to this potential acquisition with John Deere were all investors in favor of it um, yes so it was a unanimous uh, a unanimous uh, decision from 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 the board uh, very very well supported uh, there were um, there were of course during the the negotiation process and uh, and what is the number that we should uh, that we should accept there was uh, there was quite a bit of opinions um, uh, that I got from from my board. Um, uh, the we all, of course, had to to have a, a long, long, long conversation about. Hey, are we? The first decision is: Are we better off selling now or continuing to build and perhaps sell sell later, right? Or or, or do mm. something else? Um, or do I try to shoot for an IPO or some other different exit, uh, right? So so that was a first level of discussion. And uh, not everybody was in agreement, um, uh, at least when we started that discussion. Uh, at some point, uh, we, after talking and looking at the possibilities and, and rationing for that, everybody ended up, ended up being, again, in favor. But we did not start being all in favor that this was the correct thing to do, the correct time to do it, or, the, or, 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 or neither did we have agreement on Okay, what is a, a reasonable, uh, a reasonable outcome, a, a reasonable dollar amount if we were to do it now? So, so we we started quite a bit far apart, but uh, but through conversations, this is a process that took several months. Uh, as we were talking with Deer, we uh, we started understanding our options and whatnot, and we we uh, I think Deer was very was very helpful, and uh, and uh, we, we all ended up converging that yes, this was the this was absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. So what would you say were some of a couple of the key things that that got everyone comfortable with the acquisition? Because I imagine for you, you know, this ultimate decision to sell your baby, while of course an exit is often the goal for an entrepreneur, it must be hard to to kind of let go there. So what do you think was the real convincing points that made this, um, you know, easy to do in the end? Yeah, yeah. I think that for me, and I, I, partly to investors too, uh, the one of the things that that 
that resonated the most with us. Um, it's an argument that um, that that I made, especially we ended up going and visiting John Deere um, as part of this process, right, to, to talk more with their management and see their factories and what we were doing and, and getting to know and, and maybe hear a little bit about what they were thinking about us. And when I came back from that trip, I remember uh, doing a debrief with the, with the board, and one of the things I said is, hey, guys, this is really the best partner out there for us. Uh, John Deere, if you think about what we've done, we've created these machines that do CN spray, uh, right? And our machines are, we have uh, built uh, some prototypes and we've tested them in cotton. And what we found is that customers just absolutely love them, uh, that this is a machine of their dreams. This is literally what one, one of the customers um, they were showing it told me, right? I've been dreaming about a machine that uh, works like that, that reduces chemicals that are that, uh, that, uh, that saves them a, a lot of money. Uh, this one particular farmer can go from $100,000 on over-the-top uh, applied chemicals to, to about $10,000, right? So it's a huge, huge change. So we knew that we had something really good, and we had built this prototype, and we had the technology working, but we knew that the next step, uh, stage was going to be scale. And we knew, we knew from our experience in letters that I was telling you how hard it is to make a reliable, durable machine um, and John Deere is the premier company when it comes to building quality, complicated machines in agriculture that work day in and day out, right? Their slogan is, nothing runs like a deer. It, it, is, it, is, really, um, it is really their expertise. Then we had to manufacture it, and, and we're in Silicon Valley, and it's, it's pretty obvious that this is not where you manufacture big pieces of, of iron, right? So they are the number one manufacturer in the, in the U.S. Of, of agricultural equipment, right? So perfect place they, they manufacture worldwide so if you think about scaling that's perfect and and then the third thing is is um is, is distribution and support and they have they have uh, thousands of dealers hundreds of thousands of customers that are all are all very um very used to buying this type of um uh, selling and, and and supporting this this type of uh, of uh, advanced technology and uh, it, I, I really can't think about a better partner to design, manufacture, and distribute the, the product. So if you compare that with what we had, we had a group of engineers, and we had zero people in manufacturing, right? We had one person in engineering, uh, sorry, in, in sales, right? One person in sales, and we had this amazing technology. So, so, so it was obvious that we had either to the next stage for us was going to be to reinvent us, right, and, and turn us into a company that is a, a great engineering company into a company that also uh, can manufacture reliable equipment, distribute it and support it, and grow the company in, in, in areas that outside our expertise, or just partner with somebody, and we decided to do the latter. Deer was, was uh, an obvious acquirer for you. Did you have any other potential suitors? I mean, I presume you were still in touch with your friends and ex-colleagues at Trimble. Were, was there anyone else that was looking at you guys? Uh, yeah, we talked with uh, several companies, uh, either as investment or, uh, or, or potential exits. Um, as I was saying, Deer was the, um, Deer was the, the one that was, um, was the best, uh, best fit. But, 
but yeah, we 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 considered both uh, machinery equipment uh, manufacturers, technology providers, and even uh, chemical chemical uh, uh, provider uh, chemical industry, um, right? So we yeah, I think that uh, yeah, our technology has implications for all of them. So so all of them were we, we ended up talking at different levels of conversations uh, with with uh, with uh, several companies in those different areas. And then just to finish off, um, you know, robotics startups are still relatively few and far between in agriculture, and it sounds like there's quite a good reason for that in that, you know, um, the technology is, is just sort of getting there for, for many of the functionalities that would be useful in agriculture. How, do you, how have you seen that space change and develop? You know, I'm sure that you're very well aware of, of some other companies and startups in the space. Yeah, I love this space. I think that robotics is going to have a huge impact on agriculture if you think about agriculture it's it's uh, especially large-scale agriculture it's it's like a factory it's a, it's a big outdoors factory and uh, and it's at the stage agriculture is at the stage where where uh, when the industrial revolution happened uh, uh, that's the stage where agriculture is where where machines were starting to be used but uh, they were used there were machines that were very repetitive that did over and over the same thing, conveyor belts and 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 and, and steam engines uh, that just did the same thing. That's the stage where agriculture is. Um, what right where we have big machines that are just doing the same thing over and over. You think of, about a, they're they're very mechanical in nature. Uh, there, there's starting to be some more electronics that goes there and some. some but but it's it's for the most part it's a very mechanical uh, mechanical machines that are used in agriculture. You think about a factory now; they are not longer mostly mechanical machines. It's not only about conveyor belts, but a, a factory right now it's all about robotics and automatic assembly and pick and place machines and welding and painting robots that are doing a lot a lot of the of the modern manufacturing. And and that hasn't had an impact in agriculture yet, and I think that that's what's coming. That's what's next going to happen is is using robotic techniques, right? It doesn't need to be I don't know R two D two and C three P O working through a through a field. Uh, it, it it's going to be much more about smart machines, machines that can sense the surroundings and act differentially and and uh, and have this. Uh, that have this higher higher abilities in, in, in the farm. So I, I encourage people that are thinking about robotics and agriculture to, to continue to think about that because I think that there's plenty of things uh, that need to be done. Yeah, and do you see there'll be a world where there'll be a lot more choice for farmers? I mean, I heard recently that, um, that a lot of farmers are actually trading up a bit more often and thinking about how you know the digital ag space on the software side and all the different farm management software programs is quite you know, relatively good amount to choose from, and I'm sure that's only going to increase. Do you think that that's what will happen in, in robotics, or do you think a lot of this innovation startups will be absorbed by the bigger companies? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think what's happening is that technology is starting to drive a lot of the purchases, right? It, I remember when I started in precision agriculture, you bought a tractor because of a horsepower, and uh, I don't know how much it could pull, how much uh, it could pull, and uh, now when a farmer goes and buys a tractor, a piece of ag machine, it's a lot more about what it can do that is beyond horsepower, right? Horsepower, for sure, it's a headline number, but it's, okay, how does this uh, integrate with the, with the rest of, um, 
of, uh, of my equipment. Can it do variable rate? Can it do? Can it change the uh, the, the 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 varieties? Uh, can it? If you, if you look at the technology that is in a planter, it's a, it's a lot. And now farmers are starting to realize that that it's really it's really about the technology that comes with the tractor. It's not just the tractor. And that technology is moving mm-hmm. fast. So I, I think that it's going to make uh, for faster upgrade cycles. Uh, it's going to be. Um, I don't know, not quite the cell phone that uh, the next new model has uh, is something you need to, is something uh, very attractive, right? But it's, uh, it's not going to be as much about keeping the tractor for 10 years because you will be uh, less productive, less efficient, and able, not, not able to do the latest things, uh, mostly because technology, not, not because of, uh, of the machine not lasting. So I think that it's going to be very driven by innovation. I do hope that, uh, it, that uh, and there's very good business models that allow both big and small farmers to be able to benefit this, right? Everything from, uh, from leasing programs to, uh, to custom application, custom harvesting uh, operations. Uh, but I do, I do think that uh, there, there's a good alternatives to uh, um, to innovate in the business model uh, of agriculture to allow farmers to take advantage of of the latest technology. But for sure, using the latest technology is going to be very important for farmers. Well, it's really very exciting, and seeing your acquisition from by John Deere was, you know, great for the industry at large, and I hope it does bring more entrepreneurs into this space so you know thank you so much for taking the time today i really appreciate it yeah no thank you and i've been uh, maybe one last thing i'll say uh, lisa is that uh, i've been in uh, in this industry for for a while both at trimble and uh, then as an entrepreneur and when i started entrepreneuring and entrepreneuring in ag tech it was 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 a weird thing and no, nobody was doing it right it was a uh, I remember it was uh, us, and there was this company called Solum, uh, which is now part of uh, Granular, and there was nobody else in, in Actec. So, so we were having to explain this to every single investor and what it is that we did and what is agriculture and why did it make sense. And one of the things that I think has helped accelerate, uh, because it's, that has completely changed now. Now, now every investor knows about agriculture, even if not everybody's investing yet. Everybody want, uh, everyone knows. And, and one of the things I credit uh, that is, is – uh, is Act Funder and and you guys have been phenomenal in, in educating the market and uh, both the VC and entrepreneurs on what the opportunities are and uh, and covering it and I'm really thankful for for the for the help that you you guys are bringing to this space. Oh great! Well, I'm glad to hear it and hope we continue to be a useful resource. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You've been listening to Ag Funder. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to hear new episodes coming out every two weeks. And if you liked it, please leave a rating and a review as this helps the show get found so we can keep having conversations that change the way the world sees agriculture. For more news on food, agriculture, startups and investors, go to agfundernews.com and you can also follow us on Twitter at agfunder. I'm Louisa Boa-Taylor. Thank you so much for listening.